Hello, this is Dan Woods of Early Adopter Research. And today I have the pleasure of being with Howard Dresner and Chris Von Simpson of Dresner Advisory Services. They've recently done a report about IT analytics and I'm really interested in talking to them today because I've been covering this space, uh, which I've been calling productized analytics for quite some time. I've also been writing about a company called Numerify, which is an instance of productized analytics for the IT market. And it's gonna be very interesting to me to see how this research sheds light on the role of productized analytics in IT. Howard, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, thanks, Dan. Howard Dresner here. I'm the founder and chief research officer at Dresner Advisory Services, and we publish a whole host of research during the course of the year focused on things like business intelligence analytics and information management. Excellent. And Chris, you also played a pivotal role in assembling and analyzing this report, as I understand it. Yes, that's right. I joined uh, Howard's team in order to write about the analytical applications that are built using all of this various software. Of course, most importantly, those applications that generate value, and particularly the horizontal applications of which IT analytics was the first report. Well, I would just like to go through very quickly the productized analytics framework that I use. And so if it makes sense, you can refer to it during the call. Basically, what I've done is I've analyzed different ways that analytics have been productized. And I've noticed that there seem to be four levels. The first level I call the custom kitchen, where you can do anything you want. Um, uh, you, you do get, it's not really much of a productization, but you know, it's, it's sort of a toolkit. The second level is what I call dinner in a box. And that's where you get like a value, like a meal, like a blue apron sort of thing, where you can put together a meal that's got some instructions, but really you're, you're assembling it yourself. The, 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 the second, the next level up is uh, called uh, artisanal brew. And it's sort of like being at Starbucks where you have lots of degrees of freedom and you can order and, and create many different types of, of analytics products, you know, by selecting the same way you do at Starbucks. I want a decaf skinny, you know, latte, you know, with, uh, that's very hot or whatever. And the final level is what I call the value meal, which is like going to McDonald's and getting a very specific thing off the shelf. And it seems to me that I've seen all of these levels represented in different kinds of analytics products. And so now let's get to the survey research. The first question I wanted to ask is, what are the ways that increased awareness from analytics leads to better outcomes in IT? Well, uh, this is Howard, I'll just jump in here. I think that one of the things that I've noticed going back many, many years is that IT have been like the shoemaker's children. They've gone barefoot for years and they haven't had lots of great tools at their disposal. And one of the things that Chris and I have been talking about is that when you think of the CIO, you really should be thinking of them as the CEO of IT. They've actually got a very diverse and complex business uh, that they're running. There are financial aspects of it, there are project aspects, there are operational aspects, there are HR aspects, everything that you would expect to see in a complete uh, business. But uh, historically, they've not done a very good job of analyzing all those aspects of the business and, uh, and sharing that or reporting that or conveying that back up the chain of command to senior management. And I think that increasingly, the IT function, and probably all functions, certainly, but IT as one of them, have had more and more pressure to demonstrate 
value within the organization. And by leveraging uh, business intelligence and analytics, it's a great way for them to show the sorts of value that they really add to the organization and uh, the many facets that, uh, that they do on a recurring basis. I see. And this can avoid the kind of obsession with just costs uh, as opposed to the, what you're getting for those costs. And that is, this, by doing this, you can change the conversation to be about not just costs, but about the value created as well. Well, absolutely. IT is a great enabler of the business. And yes, obviously, there are costs associated with that, but it goes far beyond the costs. They do enable all the other functions, including all the front office functions and the revenue generation functions, to do what they do. So it's not strictly a cost factor. But unless you actually document it and quantify it, the conversation may be just a cost conversation. Well, that's the trick of it, right? You, you do have to measure it carefully, and these things are all related to each other, all the different functions and aspects of the business. And if you can get your arms around that, and then if you can relate those to the um, other businesses that you support, you can demonstrate far greater value. But historically, IT, and I'm generalizing here, have not been as good um, at doing that as the other functions. So, for instance, the finance function or the sales function. Now, one of the things that the survey highlighted was the importance of operational metrics. Why are these so crucial in the IT realm? Oh, this is Chris. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about that a great deal. Um, the, the main reason is that, um, well, we know what everybody's objectives are for IT and for use of analytics. Uh, there's some research we published earlier in the year it's the BI market study, and we gather from thousands of people what their objectives are when using analytics. And everybody wants to make better decisions. That's sort of always going to be the leader. But the, the second one is always to do with operational efficiency. Um, now, part of that, of course, is reducing costs, um, and operations metrics govern a significant part, but not, not the whole part, but a significant part of cost management. And for IT worldwide, that's, that's a cost of around $3 trillion this year. So there's, there's plenty of cost there to, to be saved. Um, but of course, operational efficiency also is to do with how you run your business. As Howard said, the CIO can be thought of as CEO. So yes, it's how you operate, how you run your business. So I think that's why the operational metrics are so crucial for IT. Do you think that, to Howard's point earlier, that the focus on operational metrics as opposed to, say, you know, metrics that, that quantify value reflects in some ways the, the, uh, the bias uh, uh, away from value and toward you know, cost uh, that, that, that Howard mentioned? Well, only to some extent. Um, and, and the reason I say that is that uh, in that same survey with the BI objectives, growth in revenue was the very next uh, objective that people cited. And in fact, we know that people are quite carefully tracking the value that they're generating as well. So we've got uh, pretty good data on how much people are saving and how much people are able to track the ROI of their operations using business intelligence. So it's, it's a little bit of both, but it just so happens that operational efficiency comes ever so slightly above cost, uh, growth in revenues. Now, 
it was really interesting to me because I thought that, that uh, I was kind of surprised when I read the survey and saw that 38% of the respondents said that they use a third-party application designed for the purpose, which was IT analytics. What do you think they mean by this answer? And what are the range of solutions? Well, these solutions, and I think what they mean by this, are the IT analytics and IT performance software applications. Um, of course, these days, many whole companies are dedicated to improving IT performance. And I was once asked, is it better to try and build one of these or, or buy one of them? Well, um, the analogy I always like to give is uh, if there's a great car perfectly designed for exactly your needs, why would you try and build one and maintain it? And looking at software for a specific purpose is usually likely to work better than trying to make and start a whole new custom application yourself. Because, of course, you don't just build it, you also have to maintain it. So I would only build if there was absolutely no alternative. Now, thankfully, of course, that's much rarer these days that there are no alternatives. As Howard was mentioning, it was previously quite tricky for the CIO to manage the business really carefully and have lots of great numbers and, and be able to run the business that they operate by the numbers. And thankfully, thankfully these days, there are a lot more of these third-party applications designed specifically for IT analytics, for managing the IT business. And, and that's great. It's a great resource for people. Now, do you think that... Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Howard. Yeah, I was just going to chime in and say, you also have to think about the platform. So, you know, given your model, Dan, you know, the various layers and the different kinds of cuisine, if you will, uh, having the ability to customize is also important. So there are so many solutions out there <clears throat> that are built on a platform. So if they are an 85% fit, the, uh, the, the customer or their service provider can then customize the additional 15% to make sure that it is um, a good fit. Well, it seems to me that, that sometimes in the IT realm, there's sort of a, uh, I guess, you know, to use a, a kind of a, a gender specific way of saying it, uh, a macho culture where it's sort of seen as unmanly if you have to buy a product and you can't build your one yourself because, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, you know, companies that are very much admired are always doing, you know, engineering on their own. And IT likes to see themselves as master engineers. Do you think that there's a bias against buying uh, in IT for its own purposes for, for some, you know, these cultural reasons that I just mentioned? Well, I think there can be. I mean, there's even something called the not invented here syndrome. So, and, and I think everybody has that in them. Human beings have that in them to think, well, uh, can I just do this? And sometimes you can, but most of the time, particularly for more sophisticated, more complicated uh, operational businesses, and again, let's think about this. This isn't an IT department. That's not a small or simple thing. It's a these days, quite a complex, quite a large organizational entity. Um, so although there's always this tendency to think about, well, this is simple, we can build it ourselves, we can invent it ourselves, I don't need anybody else's help. Um, I think that there's also a question about, and again, this is where the leadership of the CIO comes in, there's a sense of, well, what is our value add here? Why are we, for example, trying to invent a whole new word processor? 
There are plenty of great word processors out there. We don't need to build a new one. And as Howard said, if you can get really close um, to the solution that's needed, you're likely to be able to succeed. And if you succeed, you're saving money and generating revenue and able to do more. So don't get caught up or distracted by needing to build everything yourself. And then what advice would you give to people who were trying to justify the money spent on a product in terms of the ROI that's, you know, potentially can come from using it? Well, that's actually, thankfully, very straightforward. Um, in the report, we found that, uh, first of all, you're likely to be successful with IT analytics. Uh, whatever method you use, whichever software you use, IT analytics initiatives have a success rate of 83%, which is just fantastic. So are you likely to fail? No, you're likely to succeed. You should plan and anticipate success. Secondly, um, given the size of the potential cost savings, even though cost savings are harder to justify with the CFO than growth in revenue, the scale of the cost savings means that the IT analytics software or initiative is highly likely to pay for itself. Indeed, we have data that suggests that um, all kinds of BI initiatives generate north of 10% ROI. And we'll have forthcoming research with a bit more detail on that. But higher than 10% ROI is, is pretty darn healthy. So you should, you should plan for this and put it into your, um, your project plan, your solution plan, if you're an IT department thinking about this type of thing that you should succeed and you should be thinking about how can you get to north of 10% ROI if at all possible. Oh, and by the way, when you're doing that, please include the financial planning and analysis people. They're great at tracking internal ROI. And why do you think that, that IT analytics has such a high success rate? Well, I think uh, there's, there's two factors there. One is that um, there's a lot of people still who don't do it at all. Like they, they, have no formal method. So when you start from we don't do it or we have no formal method of doing it, success isn't particularly hard to achieve. It's a bit like saying, can you walk at all? And the answer is, well, no. So then taking your first steps is success. So I, I do think there's a little bit of that going on still, but I think that's, that's a minority of the market. I think that it's because most of these use cases for uh, departmental or horizontal business function analytics are generally going to be successful. BI isn't a brand new market. People are always demanding to run their businesses by the numbers. I think there's a natural inclination now for people to want to embrace data and analytics and make the most of it. And I think those things combined lead to a high rate of success. Well, that's good news for, for IT because it's not so easy to get success in BI as I'm sure your research shows in other realms. Now, one of the great things about your research is that it was very detailed and uh, we talked about the operational metrics point earlier, but you also looked at the difference between uh, operations planning, resource planning, resource management, and systems development. And operations were where the metrics were considered most important and systems development was the place where the metrics were considered least important. Why do you think uh, there's such a difference? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, there's a, a really wide disparity between them, but um, the differences come from all sorts of different places. You have to remember that 
companies that are, have IT departments are just so, so hugely varying. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples on the difference in operational metrics by industry. We found in the research, in fact, we've got a, another chart that shows how the different industries rate the importance of the different operational metrics. And telecommunications companies score outage detection, which is one of the metrics, or groups of metrics, I should say, of IT analytics is 20% more critical than any other industry. Now, that's not too surprising, because if your cell phone has no signal, and it had a signal yesterday, you're, you're grumpy about it. Um, so outage detection is critical for their, their business and their quality of service. But the variance in these use cases from company to company to company is, is enormous. Um, so if you think about the different types of company, most people would say, well, we don't have too much systems development that we do ourselves compared to our operations. But for a software company, development metrics are absolutely critical. That's a foundational piece of their business. Or a services company, whether it's you know, a large professional services company or a small services company, resource planning and management, i.e. do you have people who are in a position to deliver the service, are critical. It's part of the operations of the business, but because you're a services company, it's resource planning and management. Because everybody, regardless of the nature of their business, wants to execute better. They want to do their business better, and that's operations. That's the biggest piece of the operations metrics. And do you think that the systems development is perhaps scored as the least important because the, the engineering processes themselves are not as instrumented and not as managed with metrics? Well, that can happen, of course. Uh, we have to remember that some, some people responding to the survey uh, didn't really have any kind of IT analytics to begin with. So yes, in some cases, that, that will be so. But there's a lot of use these days of um, specialized tools, again, specialized software, just for software development, for development of systems and software, and checking in and checking out of code and running analytics on the efficiency of, of systems development. So... That does happen, but it's maybe a little bit more of uh, a smaller number of people might do it in some companies. And again, it's, it's just not going to be as critical as overall operations. Uh, you remember we mentioned earlier that the CIO can be thought of as the CEO of IT. Well, the people that take care of operations for the IT department can be thought of as the COO of operations, of, of IT. So, so yes, that's, I think, where it comes from. Now, what do you think the forces are that are driving increased adoption of these productized analytics systems in IT? Because I, was, I thought the 38% adoption of productized systems was a, a very high number, uh, given you know, like what we've been tell, talking about, about the maturity of, of, um, of IT uh, in terms of BI. Well, I think the, the main force is, is value. Um, you, as, as you alluded to, the, the thing that will drive the value is going to be making some money and actually using the software to generate value, whether it's cost saving or, or revenue generation. So the cost saving piece, of course, is, is huge. Um, and you're, you have to remember that you're, you're not just doing uh, you know, cost reduction and destroying jobs. There's, there's nothing happening there regarding that. It, it's, it's the case now that there's a worldwide critical shortage of IT people with skills. 
And this process is purely about saving money. It's not to do with, with destroying jobs or getting rid of people. In fact, this process of IT departments getting more efficient likely creates net new jobs. First of all, IT departments have no shortage of things to do. And secondly, the IT analytics software companies themselves are growing and also hiring. And there are sometimes more of them that pop up. There are all sorts of new analytics software companies popping up, just like IT analytics. There's going to be marketing analytics, sales analytics, et cetera, et cetera. And they're also hiring too. In fact, to look at the careers page of some of these sorts of companies shows dozens of open positions, most of which are IT positions. So the driving force is, can you generate value in the use of the analytical software? either by reducing costs and or by generating revenue. And as Howard said, you know, most of these companies, IT is not just keeping the lights on, but IT is actually generating the product, um, generating the business, keeping the business running itself. So no IT equals no business. So those are the main forces, I think. And, and I'd like to make just a couple of quick comments as well. <clears throat> this is Howard. You can think of it as like the early days in uh, measuring sales, where sales used to be measured strictly on revenue. And no salespeople are measured on revenue anymore. There are many measures, but certainly measured on things like profitability, measured on retention, customer satisfaction. And so IT has also had to evolve in how they measure themselves. In addition to that, if they want to get more budget and have more opportunities, they have to be able to <clears throat> demonstrate that real value to the business and what better way to do that by using uh, something like IT analytics so they can share with management in a comprehensive way their contribution to the organization, both top line and bottom line. Do you think that there's any uh, um, benefit that the companies that are doing these IT analytics products have had from observing you know, the, way I, the way BI has been productized in other realms and have perhaps been able to create a better product because they've learned from what's uh, gone on in other uh, uh, realms of productized analytics and in, in, in productized BI? Oh, sure. I, I think that's happening all the time. Um, if I was a product manager in an IT analytics software company, I'd always be looking at how is sales analytics doing? How are these analytical companies uh, with products that are directly targeting a horizontal business function, how are they putting together their product? What kinds of metrics are there? In fact, there are kind of these global, massive megatrends for languages to describe business operations like XBRL, which are also trying to standardize and find common ground between the terminologies and the ways in which different horizontal business functions are generating value. So I think that all of these forces are, are gradually improving, ever so slowly sometimes, but are gradually improving the ways in which each horizontal business function can operate better. And I think that's particularly the case with uh, prioritizing those business functions with a, a critical uh, operational benefit to the business, like IT. And if they happen to have a pretty large budget, like IT, as it should, uh, then that's the case too. And do you think the vendors have also been, you know, the, the IT analytics vendors have, have benefited from observing productized analytics in other, in other realms? 
Oh, undoubtedly. I, I think it's the case that um, when they have time anyway, they, they're always going to be busy looking at each other. There's always this, uh, what was it called? Um, this competitive analysis to say, you know, which features do other people in the space have that we don't have? Uh, what sort of use cases are being used in our customers? So there's a lot of, um, in fact, there's this uh, this marketing analytics where people are looking at customer intelligence and customer analytics to say, how is our software being used? How is our competitor software being used? Uh, what sort of gaps are there that we can exploit? So there's there's always going to be more software for more use cases, and I think that's a healthy thing. Can you explain as we wrap up the some examples of the impact of the use of analytics in IT? Well, of course, there are you know, many, many thousands of them uh, as, it's, as it's gradually matured. Um, I like to think about two or three different types of examples just to broaden the, the mental space for thinking about these sorts of questions. The, the first obvious one that, that springs up is, is Netflix. Um, Netflix, of course, the product is uh, going to show up on your device and you're going to consume it. But it's, it's, it's a service business, an IT service business, where the licensed media products are going to show up across the internet on, on IT devices. Uh, if you think about it, it's, it's, you know, the Netflix IT devices coming through to the customers' IT devices. Of course, customers don't have IT departments for the most part, but it's an IT analytic. It's an IT business. So running that business uh, for such a company, of course, is a critical part, not just of the product and the distribution, but it's also a huge part of the customer experience. If the um, software isn't working as well as it should, and the video is stuttering or there's this big buffer that you have to deal with, then that, that really doesn't give the customers a good experience. So running IT like a business there and running a great deal of IT analytics makes perfect sense. But you also have to think about all the other types of companies out there that are using a lot of IT to run their business too. Um, manufacturers didn't have the highest score for IT analytics compared to some other um, industries like, uh, for example, financial services and insurance, but consider manufacturers with supply chains and the rise of the Internet of Things. Uh, the Internet of Things. We at Dresna recently published a report showing how IoT keeps finding ways of generating new value, and that value is generating additional investment and the innovation, regardless of the industry or the use case in which it's implemented relies on many, many overlapping systems. And all of that is all IT as well. And all of that IT will benefit from real management, performance management using analytics. And that's where IT analytics fits as well. It seems to me that what you're saying, implied in what you're saying, is that you go from being sort of like having a, a low granularity model of what your IT uh, you know, business is, if you're thinking of the CIO as the CEO, to a much more high granularity model and high resolution model. And, and it's the awareness in that that provides the value. Are there any uh, patterns that you've noticed, like when somebody initially turns the lights on, as it were, that they find, uh, you know, are there any commonalities about what's discovered in those early phases when they just get going? Well, this is captured in some ways by the different use cases for um, IT analytics. 
which again relates back to those objectives. Uh, some companies know that they are probably overpaying for some aspects of their services, whether it's, for example, a cloud service or some other service. And they want to make sure that they've got the right kind of numbers. And they, for their use case, it would be, well, we need to reduce costs as quickly as possible. And that wouldn't necessarily just be an IT uh, criticality. It could be a critical business thing that they have to achieve in the first half of a year would be to reduce costs. So that is, that is always going to be a high, high priority. But again, it's, it's not just that. The quality of the service that IT is providing for the rest of the company is in some other areas going to be absolutely critical. So uh, that would come back to that Netflix example where you want to be able to say, well, uh, what is the quality of the service delivery to all of our customers in across all of these different geographies? And all the, the vast variety of companies means that even though the specific use cases are going to be rather more discreet, um, the overall grouping of those, the aggregation of those is going to come back to, can we save money? Can we generate revenue? Can we run our business better by making better decisions? And can we do all of this with some real confidence in the numbers? And I think this comes back to, to circle it back to, you know, 38% of people are doing this. What other, what other things are people doing? Well, some people are struggling through with exporting data from systems into Excel and then trying to join up their Excel spreadsheets and run it that way. And of course, you can do that. Lots of people do do that. Um, but I think that's a kind of earlier level of maturity. So those people will hopefully find their way to the greener pastures of using dedicated third-party applications at some point. And my final question uh, to both of you is, what advice would you give for a CIO who has heard your, your advice about thinking of themselves as a CEO of IT? You know, what advice would you give them about how to be successful with uh, these productized analytics for IT? Well, I can start and then I'll let Howard close it out. Um, the first piece I come back to is, you should do this. You should do IT analytics. You're likely to be successful. There's consensus across the industry on the importance of doing it. And you may be able to outcompete your market slightly using more advanced IT analytics than your competitors. But you also want to think about watching out for other people doing this to you too, outcompeting your company on IT. So be prepared, start doing this, prepare for success, and, and get moving. And with that, I'll pass it over to Howard. Thanks, Chris. Yes, what I would say, <clears throat> a sort of parting message, agreeing with everything Chris just said, but CIOs do need to think of themselves as a CEO. For years, many CIOs have struggled with having parity or achieving parity with their other C-level counterparts. And one of the ways to do this is to come armed not only with insight about your own business in a comprehensive way, but to be able to interrelate it and show how it supports the other businesses. So I think that helps to elevate the CIO in the discussion and make them uh, more of a, an equal amongst the peers, the CFOs, the COOs, the CMOs of the organization. And IT analytics is an important component of that. Got it. So if you're gonna be a serious person, you got to have serious data. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much for spending time with me on this early adopter research podcast about productized analytics in IT. It's been a real pleasure to have you, and I hope that uh, as we work on this area, we can talk to you again from time to time. If somebody wants to get a hold of the research report that we just discussed, what's the best way for them to get a look at it? Best way to do that is to feel free to visit our website, DresnerAdvisory.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.